Welcome back, everybody, to Believe in the Wolfpack. This is episode six, and it's going to be all recruiting. <laughs> recruiting special. Oof, it was an exciting day today for the Wolfpack and really just the college football world overall, but especially exciting for any NC State fan out there. But before we get into that, I'm as I'm recording, men's basketball and women's basketball are going on right now. Give a quick score update. The men's team is actually trailing by three uh, to St. Louis going into halftime, 36 to 33. So hopefully they can, you know, go on one of those runs in the second half and then just really put them in the dart. And then the women's team seems to be doing all right. I think they're going to be okay. They lead 74 to 33 over Old Dominion. Uh, <laughs> they're currently on a 12 to one run and actually Old Dominion just got their first point in the fourth quarter and their second point in the fourth quarter with five minutes left in that game. So it looks like the women's team is going to be moving on to 12 and 0 and <laughs> don't think they're going to lose that, you know, top three spot in the country. So they seem all right. Hopefully the men's team can pull it out over St. Louis. They're in a tight one right now, but. Let's get right into it. NC State, the Wolfpack, had an exciting day today. Overall, finished, I believe it was 27th, yeah, 27th in the country for their 2024 recruiting class, fifth in the ACC. <laughs> Last year, the Wolfpack were 43rd in the country, jumped up to 27th this year. I think the only teams ahead of them were Florida State, North Carolina, Clemson, and ooh, I know I'm missing a few here. But I was also looking at kind of the schedule for next year and the teams that, you know, the recruiting classes uh, that were ahead of NC State. The only ones were Clemson, North Carolina, and North Carolina was 26th, uh, and, then, and, then, and then Tennessee. Not bad. Not bad at all. So let's run through. The 24 commits for the Wolfpack today. I'm just going to get through all the names. We're going to highlight a few. Like we'll start off with Terrell Anderson, our top recruit, wide receiver, six foot three, 184 pounds, just from Greensboro. Uh, three or four star, pardon me, didn't want to sell him short. Four star, 93 overall, kind of rating according to 24 7 Sports. Uh, Terrell Anderson, six foot three, 184 pounds. He's one of a few kind of solid receivers that the Wolfpack are going to have as freshmen going into next year that once we read off the next few, we'll, uh, I'll explain more about. Uh, Jonathan Paler is the next one. Jonathan Paler listed as an athlete. And today, I, you know, watching the videos also, if you haven't seen uh, the – I guess, yeah, I guess the announcement videos from NC State, the, the, I mostly saw them on Twitter. The Wolfpack Twitter, uh, had a really nice kind of graphic for it where it looked like they were kind of being selected in the NFL draft. Then you had Coach Dorn walking up and kind of saying something, putting their name on a board, saying welcome. Then you had a whole highlight reel afterward. It was really well done. I thought it was great. It was def it definitely like if you're one of these guys that signed today, you're watching that thinking like, all right, that's pretty cool. Like, <laughs> get that in your head of like, ooh, that's going to be me in a few years' time at the actual NFL draft. They're going to say linebacker at NC State, receiver at NC State. You can just kind of 
have that vision already before we even get to NC State. You can already put that in your mind and just you know just get excited about it. Um, but back to Jonathan Paler, Paler Dorn and assistant head coach slash receivers coach Joker Phillips said this may be the fastest guy in the class. He's listed as an athlete, five foot nine and a half, one hundred and seventy pounds. Phillips went on to say, pretty much we can put him wherever. Put him at slot receiver. Put him in the backfield. Put him as a punt or kick returner. Put him as a gunner um, on the punt team. You can put this guy wherever. He may even get some snaps at outside receiver, just kind of take the top off the defense. If he's that fast, he's going to be that guy where, you know, maybe he doesn't get every catch in the world, but he's going to open up the entire offense for for the rest of the team, for McCall and these receivers like KC and the rest that we're going to get to. And if they forget about him, boom, 50, 60-yard touchdown pass right to him. But it's always nice, especially nowadays where speed is everything. In you know, It always was, but even more so now. Uh, speed is everything in, in, in football, high school, college, NFL, whatever. John Ross pretty much you know, ran his way to a top 10 pick with that 4-2-2. Yeah, 4-2-2-40. That alone got him picked in the top 10 obviously didn't pan out but that just shows you you know what speed can do for you it can get you into the first round and make you millions of more dollars than what you already were expecting to make once you got drafted but paler even at 5'9 listen as an athlete I imagine being 5'9 most of his work will be either from the slot or the backfield as a returner yeah that'd be great so pretty much what Phillips said but I imagine he'll make uh you know the greatest impact as a back or or as a guy in a slot who can you know you get him out you get him a quick pass like a bubble screen you know follow a block try and take it to the house or 20 yards somewhat maybe a quick slant I don't imagine the only real deep routes he's going to be running is just taking the top off the defense and running straight, which is perfectly fine. That is absolutely necessary for any team. So it's already a luxury <laughs> that he's going to be with the Wolfpack next year. But moving on, Elijah Groves, linebacker, six foot four, two fifteen, a four star. And then you have Ronnie Royal the third, a four star, also listed as an athlete, also five foot. Nine and a half. And then the first quarterback and the only quarterback that the Wolfpack signed out of this 2024 class, Cedric Bailey, six foot six, 185 pounds, a three star quarterback listed on 24 7, pretty much a four star. His rating is 89. You need a 90 to be a four star. Just bump it up, whatever. I won't, I won't snitch. It'll be fine. Cedric is six foot six, though. This kid's six foot six, a quarterback. That's unbelievable. That's that's fantastic. And yeah, he is a freshman. And obviously, I do not expect him to, you know, take over the starting job next year. If he does, hey, more power to you. Good job. But getting at least one quarterback in this 2024 class is a win. Getting one as your best three-star recruit. He's he's the fifth overall best recruit for the Wolfpack. He's going to learn. He's I want him to be best friends with Grayson McCall. Him and Grayson McCall need to be inseparable. He needs to learn everything and anything from McCall. A, a grad, a, a plenty of experience at Coastal Carolina going to provide even more you know, experience and great play with the Wolfpack this year. I need McCall to be teaching Cedric Bailey everything and anything it's only going to help him down the road it's only going to help him with 
again, like I said, I don't imagine he'll be the starter this year, but once McCall leaves after this year, since it's his last year of eligibility, right now it's looking like Bailey will be the 20. I don't want to get ahead of myself either. Don't get me wrong, but you kind of have to for college football. He's looking like the 2025 starting quarterback. You know, transfer portal, yeah, 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 yeah. But right now, I I feel confident in penciling in Cedric Bailey, the six foot six quarterback, uh, as the twenty twenty five starter. He's from Florida, played at what is that? Chaminade Madonna Prep. Sure, the prep school names are just unbelievably ridiculous sometimes. But you get a six foot six quarterback at the D1 level in, in 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 any for any team in college that's a win you can mold him he's he's going to be he's going to be good i'm already excited for for him to you know get his time at 25 but but again moving on uh then you have Robbie Martin lineman not too many linemen in this class would be my only uh my only gripe i guess a lot of receivers and a lot of linebackers it seems just like these next two, Jamar Boston, three-star receiver, Joshua O'Four, three-star linebacker, Assad Brown, three-star cornerback, Joshua Alexander Felton, three-star D lineman, Christian Zachary, three-star receiver, uh, Brody Barnhart, three-star safety, and then Keenan Jackson, the three-star wide receiver who was originally committed to UNC, flips just last night. He announced his, you know, decommitment from North Carolina. And then this morning announced his commitment to to the Wolfpack. And uh, the coach over there at UNC wasn't too happy. He just didn't seem too happy today. I don't feel like getting into all that. It's already been, if you know, you know, maybe a bit of pettiness going around. But it, it's okay. It's okay. Not too upset. I'm not too upset at all because Kenyon Jackson is now with NC State. <laughs> I thought that was, oh, that had to hurt. That had to hurt. You flip your commitment. I mean, he's from North Carolina, so, you know, he's going to stay in state. But, ooh, you flip your commitment to North Carolina. It's NC State. Oh, man. That's got to hurt for the Tar Heels. But he's also a three-star receiver. He's 6'3", 185. So just like... Terrell Anderson, both six foot three, and Keenan Jackson has one pound on him. Cool, but these are two big receivers. I, looking at looking at these guys right now, the receiving class is going to be incredible. We're going to have a very good young class to go along. So you have KC, you have Terrell Anderson, Jonathan Paler can be a slot guy, Jamar Boston, another top receiver. He's six foot one seventy five. These are all bigger receivers as well outside of um outside of Paler. Christian Zachary, six foot three, one ninety receiver. And then Keenan Jackson, like I said, six foot three, one eighty five. These are all big receivers. These are all guys who can go up and get it. These are all guys who, you know, early on in camp and spring ball and fall ball and the two a days and whatnot, they're gonna be building this chemistry with Grayson McCall where during the season, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some, you know, second and short situations, some third and longs where, all right, let me just toss it up to one of my young guys who's six foot three, try and moss somebody, and we get a first down and flip the field just like that. That's where that chemistry will come in. And just them being six foot three and 185 or 190 is just an added bonus. That's just a cherry on top. So I've always liked kind of having receivers that are big physical guys that can go up and, you know, just snatch a pass. Because, yeah, having the yak or the rack, 
either either is fine run after catch yards after catch whatever it's all the same um having that is nice but for the most part receivers are going to be they're going to have to make contested catches they're going to have to catch the ball and fall out of bounds they're going to have to you know sky up over somebody and try and pluck it out of the air so to have multiple options is incredible just hoping that they can develop and really just become studs in this offense which we're all expecting don't get me wrong and that's just comes in again with McCall being that you know experienced guy that experienced leader you know you put him in this situation with a bunch of young guys at receiver and even uh Justin Jolly I believe the tight end in the transfer portal from Juco another younger guy you give him these younger weapons that he can mold and kind of just just take under his wing he's gonna have a have a wingspan of an eagle's dick all these guys you can't forget about <laughs> can't forget about uh, Cedric Bailey as well um but he's got to take these guys under his wing and really kind of mold them and and work with them and just kind of say like hey this is what I like this is what you got to do here this is what you got to do boom 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 it's going to be a trick it's going to be very exciting talk about the schedule later and obviously we got plenty of time before 2024 we still got one more game to play so back to the rest of the guys Jaden Scott Running back, five foot ten, three star. Justin Terrell, uh, defensive lineman. He's a three star as well. The rest of these guys are going to be three stars, so don't have to keep repeating myself. Uh, Javon Bailey, cornerback, six feet, six foot cornerback. Pretty good, pretty good. Kind of like a what was Richard Sherman? Sherman was like six two, six three, almost. The tall cornerbacks are also quick. So what's the cheat code? Uh, Tyler West, six foot five, two seventy, offensive tackle. Trent Mitchell, six foot six, two hundred and ninety pound, offensive tackle. Chase Bond, six foot four, two hundred fifty five pound, defensive lineman. Isaiah Jones, five foot eleven, one hundred eighty seven pound, running back. Wyatt Wright, six foot two, two twenty five, linebacker. Uh, Cannon Lewis, six foot two, two hundred ten pound, linebacker. Zane is where. You know, the linebackers really come into play towards the bottom half. It's just a linebacker, linebacker, linebacker. Just like Zane Williams, six five foot eleven, two hundred and ten pound linebacker. And finally, the twenty-fourth recruit, twenty-fourth three-star, Dante Daniels, six foot six, two hundred and sixty-five pound tight end. It's another guy, another weapon for Grayson McCall that he can kind of take under his wing and really try and mold and just turn him into Maybe not the exact player that he wants, because again, these guys are going to have to be themselves. The most important part about, you know, having successful players and having, you know, good personalities, happy guys, positive players, let them be themselves. You got to let these guys, you know, to an extent, play the way they want to play. I'm not saying they can all just kind of run out there, pick whatever route they want, kind of draw on a football, like, all right, I'm going to go up and then So (laughs) they can't always do that, but you got to let them be themselves with also, you know, having that learning curve of this is what you got to do at this level yeah you may have been the best player at where Dante Daniels go Butler CC you were probably the best player there this year if not ever maybe not here at the D1 level for in the ACC so you got to mold these guys you got to teach them you really got to you know he's got to teach them. you got to learn it's going to be it's going to be exciting. It's going to be an exciting time. And like I said, the transfers no real new transfers uh since the last episode that we had, but Jordan Waters is looking like the top guy as of right now, the running back from Duke, but that'll be a nice kind of 
with with the young receiving core, even with the tight ends, having two experienced guys in the backfield and Jordan Waters and Grayson McCall, that's going to be a very nice balance. When you have to, you can lean on McCall and Waters. You know, if the passing game isn't there, you have a reliable, uh, uh, experienced guy at running back. You can rely on him. That'll be nice. Especially even just giving the young guys a break if it's just not their night. It would be foolish to think that all these freshman receivers and tight ends are going to be immediate first team all freshmen coming into next year. It would be great. <laughs> but we can't assume. <laughs> Uh, and then actually looking at it again, Justin Jolly, the tight end that I mentioned, came out of high school. He was zero star. One year at Juco, four star. <laughs> Another young guy he can mold. Even then, the transfer portal has a good amount of cornerbacks like Tamarcus Cooley, Corey Cooley. Uh, I thought we had another, but those are the main two right there. So that is kind of... The very sped up, even then, it took a minute. It felt like the sped up version of the recruiting class, the 2024 recruiting class for the Wolfpack. We'll step away for a moment. When we come back, going to get into some more kind of general uh, college football recruiting since today, like I said, was the official signing day. Could be some late, you know, entries and whatnot in the weeks to come, but for the most part, all the main guys and anybody who had to flip or anybody, you know, with big decisions, that was today. So I'll step away and be right back with some more kind of overall college football recruiting. Just quick score updates again. The women's Wolfpack did end up winning that game 87 to 50 over Old Dominion and other. <laughs> Just a commanding, dominant win. They moved to 12 0 on the year. The men's team still trails by three. With just about four minutes gone in the second half, they trail 46 to 43. Still hoping they can just go on a run right around the eight-minute mark, and it'll it'll be fine. <laughs> Won't even have to worry about how they were down three. But if they do lose, that'll be a full recap in the next one. Uh, actually, that reminds me, since the next week uh, is you know the Christmas time and whatnot, the holidays. Instead of the Tuesday Thursday format, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Wednesday, Friday. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Wednesday, Friday. But if you follow on Believe in the Wolfpack on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, whatnot, you'll know. It'll be there. You'll see the posts of me talking and saying, new episode, yay, follow, download, listen. It'll be there. There'll be Regardless, there's going to be two next week, even with the holidays right around the corner. But into some kind of overall country around the country recruiting uh, the best class this year. Who would have thought it's Georgia? Wow, can't believe it. And <laughs> following Georgia is – where's my mouse? Can't find it. There it is. Following Georgia is Alabama. I know I'm just as surprised as you are. I cannot believe Georgia and Alabama are one and two in uh, the recruiting class. This must be their first, you know, top two spots since – what an entire year ago maybe i can't imagine who's the top two for 2025 <laughs> whatever uh miami actually is third miami had two five-star commits 11 four stars ohio state is the fourth has the fourth best class for 2024 they also have the most five-star commits they have five and then georgia has four and alabama has three and then oregon rounding out the top five Oregon is fifth. They have 24-star recruits, but no five-stars. They're going with a quantity over quality 
I guess. They do have 25 total commits. You know, I was going to say how maybe Georgia went for quality over quantity, but they have 28 total commits, uh, four or five-star recruits, and the same amount of four-star recruits as Oregon in 20. So, whatever. I really do wonder if Georgia and Alabama are ever going to go away because Alabama's been good since, you know, the sun was in the sky. Uh, I think them, them two might be just good forever. whatever realignment the only realignment that would make alabama you know have a actual down year or go sub 500 is if you put them in the nfl that's it that's pretty much it same with georgia pretty much it but outside of them being incredible and getting every player under the sun (laughs) i kind of want to talk about some of my surprising teams when i'm looking through these rankings uh, in good, in a good and bad way. So in a good way, most surprising, Auburn. Auburn had the seventh best class this year with two five-star recruits. And their kind of, you know, main one was the second best receiver in the class in Cam Coleman. Pretty good. Pretty good. Honestly, for Auburn, Auburn is usually consistently inside the top 20, 25, I feel like, for recruiting. And it's always impressive. You got Alabama right there. They are right there. And you're choosing to go to Auburn. It's one thing if you choose to go to Tennessee or or Kentucky or, you know, Mississippi State, whatever, uh, over over Alabama or Georgia in the SEC. But to pick a different team in state is – it's impressive. So just 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 a good job by the recruiting team down there in Auburn to still land two five stars and thirteen four star recruits. Uh, actually, since I did seven, Texas is six as well. They have four five star recruits with fourteen four star recruits. And then I wrote them down as a more surprising team as to why they were kind of lower. But the more I thought about it. Not as surprised. Michigan. Michigan is 15th in this 2024 recruiting class. 27 total commits, zero five-star commits, and 18 four-stars. My thing is that if you're looking at the Big Ten and if you're a top-tier recruit, you're a five-star, you're a high-end four-star, you're looking at the Big Ten, your first option is Ohio State. They've produced more NFL talent than Michigan in the last few years. I'm not saying Michigan hasn't, you know, produced NFL talent because that would be a lie. But Ohio State just, they're the Alabama of the North. They're always going to have somebody go in the top 10 in, you know, multiple guys in the top 10, if if not, you know, multiple in the top five sometimes. So it, it, I think Ohio State is usually the first option, but to see Penn State, over Michigan is a bit surprising to me. I know Penn State is, you know, if you're in Pennsylvania and you're a top tier recruit and you want to stay in state, there's there's no other option. You have Pitt, but you're going to go to Penn State. I mean, come on. So, to, yeah, but to see Michigan, no five-star recruits is a bit surprising to me. I, I, like I said, even then with Harbaugh, year after year after year being reported that he may jump ship well jump back onto the NFL ship I guess there's no real 
you know, no promise can fully be kept there. You can never be totally sure on a promise from Michigan in my mind because Harbaugh could leave at any time. Even then, he still may be suspended for the first few games next year. I do think this is the year that he will go back to the NFL. He talks about it every single year, but with the suspension and all the cheating and whatnot that has happened this year, it just feels like the right time for Harbaugh to to get back in the league. So that may be a reason why, you know, they didn't have as many, but they still had 27 total commits. Not bad at all. <laughs> but 15th, it just feels a bit low, especially with them being in the college football playoff and then beating Ohio State three straight years. You're telling me there wasn't a few recruits there for Ohio State that were deciding between Ohio State and Michigan at the game and you see Michigan win and you flip? I, there's got to be a few. There's got to be a few. But still, I am surprised that they're 15, even with Harbaugh leaving, because it's still Michigan. They're still going to be, you know, good every year. They're still going to be in the conversation every year. Uh, They're the Notre Dame of the Big Ten, where even if they're not that great, they're still going to be talked about like they're one of the top teams in the country and in the Big Ten. Speaking of which, Notre Dame was 10th in this 2024 class with one five-star and 15 four-star recruits. I mean, how many times are we going to do this with Notre Dame where we come into the year? Oh, they're so good. Wow, this could be their year. New coach system, blah, 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 blah. And then they lose some bad game. They don't look that good. They have 10 guys on defense against Ohio State in the final play of the game. I don't know. It just, just it, it dates back to that championship game where they got trounced by Alabama. How could you not see that coming? I mean, come on. It was just maybe not as obvious, but it was near the same level of obviousness as TCU getting just manhandled last year. And manhandled may be, not even maybe, manhandled is a, a, a gross understatement of what happened in that game. That that thing was over from the first snap, and it was, it was a shame. But, you know, going over some of the top recruits should get into from this year, Jeremiah Smith top recruit wide receiver headed to Ohio State Williams no Nawanri Nawanri yeah that's, that, that seems right uh defensive lineman going to Missouri Ellis Robinson the fourth headed to Georgia Cam Coleman the receiver headed to Auburn Julian Sayan the top quarterback according to 24/7 sports headed to Alabama Wow. Every year, every, that's another thing. Every year with Alabama, who's the quarterback going to be? Who's it? Oh, is it going to be this guy? Is there a problem at quarterback with Alabama? Which five star are they going to put there this time? Even this year, Jalen Milrow got benched after the Texas game and they had, oh, I can't even remember the guy's name. Uh, Buckner, Tyler Buckner. They had the two quarterbacks behind him try and play. And then Milrow was the starter the rest of the way. And he's looked really good. Since that benching, he looked great down the stretch. And you know, again, almost lost to Auburn, whatever. He's looked much better in the latter half of the year. But Dylan Rayola, the next guy, the sixth recruit in the class, like we talked about, flipped to Nebraska. Uh, Micah Hudson, wide receiver, going to Texas Tech. Justin Williams, linebacker, headed to Georgia. David Stone, defensive lineman, headed to Oklahoma. And then DJ Lagway sticks with... Florida, the quarterback headed to Florida. I think there was some talk about how he may possibly flip, but he ends up staying with the Gators. But 
again, Georgia, Bama were the top two teams this year. They pretty much always will be. Just to, you know, make my point, let's check 2025. And Alabama's one. They already have two five-star recruits. Actually, Georgia's three. Georgia's three for 2025. That's... Who would have thought? Can't believe it. They're not two. Wow. They still have two five-star recruits, so whatever. Notre Dame is actually second right now in the 2025 recruiting class. They don't have any five-stars, but they have six four-star recruits and four three-star recruits. Give it a month. Georgia will be two. Alabama will be one or two. Whatever. It's such a pain. Let's see where NC State lands uh, to finish off this show for for 2025. 31 right now. They're 31st for 2025, just with the two three-star recruits. Plenty of time. Don't need to worry about that. But one final time, NC State, they are 27th in total recruiting class for 2024. North Carolina is one spot ahead of them at 26. And then Stanford, the newcomer to the ACC, is not too far behind. They are 30th. They have four four-star recruits and 19 uh, three stars. Even NC State just getting 24 total commits is very nice. Just to have, you know, that quantity and still with the quality of a bunch of four stars is going to be very nice. And then just, you know, throw them a bone <laughs> in 50th in the top 50 recruiting classes for 2024. At least 24-7 sports has, you know, the first 50 before we have to load more is Arizona. They have two four stars, zero five stars. Oof. Michigan State with 19 commits, one four-star. Michigan State's really just – they're really falling off a cliff. I mean, they had a million allegations. It's just almost too much to get into, but used to be consistent top 10 team. Look at them now. Getting beat out by Syracuse, Arizona State, Kansas, Pitt, Maryland. Rutgers at 37. Not bad. Washington at 36 with zero five-stars but seven four-stars. Thought Washington maybe. Ah, I guess being in the Big Ten may hurt them. I think if they were still in the Pac-12, maybe, you know, you get a few more. But being in the Big Ten, if you're being recruited by Washington, it's almost like, why don't I go to Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State instead? Or even Iowa. I think Iowa had a side. Yeah, Iowa was 33rd. So, not too shabby. All right. Going to close it out. Final note. NC State 2024. Looking pretty good right now. Looking pretty good. A strong recruiting class, a strong transfer portal class already. Still got the Pop-Tart Bowl coming up next Thursday now. Man, that really got here quick. So the episode, uh, the we'll do, yeah, like I said, two episodes next week. First one will be a full preview and prediction of the Pop-Tart Bowl. And then the following will be pretty much a recap of the Pop-Tart Bowl. Thank you for joining me on episode six of Believe in the Wolfpack, and we'll see you next time.